0: It's great to have um, so many people taking part in different ways this morning, slightly uh, shorter sermon as we come into land together. Lots of family things going on. This is where life happens. Any life out there? I said this is where life happens. And uh, uh, a huge thanks to to the tech guys. They're doing some building work for new equipment and so on. So the whole thing's been dismantled and put back together this last week. So I uh, bless you guys, Paul especially, and Danny, for all the work that they've been doing. Um, you might like to give them a round of applause because, <laughs> because they make it look easy. And, uh, and it's more difficult than that. We're in the middle of this series called Nailed It. Because when Jesus rose from the dead, he nailed the debate about who he was and what he came to do. And we pick up the resurrection story this morning with a man who is in need of a new beginning, a new start, as much as any man. These next few moments are for all of us who, for whatever reason today, feel like I need a new beginning. Whatever else has gone on, if only I could have a fresh start. If only I could begin again. When we meet Peter, who was often so loud and so gregarious, Peter who was often the first among the other disciples, the first to speak up, the first to lead, when we meet him, he's a broken man. He'd made some great promises to Jesus just before Jesus' death. He promised that he would never leave him, that he would lay down his life for him. Even if all fall away, Jesus, I'm your man, I'll never leave you. It was a great promise, but in within moments of making such bold assurances, we read that the great promise had turned into a huge failure. He was cursing any sense of knowledge about knowing that same Jesus for whom he had offered such hope and such allegiance. He called down curses and he swore to them. Swore to who? The great leaders? The great good of society? No, just the people sitting around a campfire. I don't know the man. Not surprisingly, we read that Peter went out and wept bitterly. He's a broken man. His relationship with Jesus, from his perspective, is in tatters. His responsibility towards Jesus, Jesus who said, you'll be Peter, changing his name from Simon to Peter, because you'll be the rock, Peter, on which this Jesus movement will grow and be established. You'll be strong for me. Now his responsibility, as well as his relationship with and for Jesus, was over, finished. This was the end. No wonder when we pick up the story, he's gone fishing. Because his roots was that of a fisherman. He went back to what he knew, to the person he was, the business he used to be in. The old person was finding comfort in the old ways. Have you ever stepped out, got hurt, felt a failure, it got messed up? you got disappointed and you retreated back in to the old person and to the old ways. As we said last week, Peter is running. He's running from the pain that he'd experienced in all that had happened to Jesus and all that he was responsible for. He can't escape his own shame. All he can believe in is his own cowardice. Not surprisingly, he'll do anything Not to think, not to feel, not to look. If any man needs a new beginning, Peter needs a new beginning. This moment is for all of us that find ourselves needing a new beginning. I wish I hadn't made that choice. I wish I hadn't said those words. I wish I hadn't gone that route. I I wish I hadn't done that thing. If only I could start again. The risen Jesus offers you and I a new beginning, a fresh start. How do I find that new start? Where do I find that new start? How do I make the first step? Well, this is it. Know that Jesus comes back for you. You see, there's one thing that you need to know about all the resurrection appearances, and that's that Jesus was the one that came looking in every appearance. There is not a story of the disciples going looking for Jesus. We found him under a rock, where's Wally kind of game. They're not looking. They haven't got the faith, the belief, the enthusiasm, the confidence, the courage. He comes looking for them. Jesus comes back for everyone who's given up, who feels like it's over, who's disillusioned, disappointed, who feels like their failure is so great, they can never begin again. There is never an Easter account, if you're tweeting, of people looking for Jesus. Jesus is comes back looking for us it's amazing isn't it he comes back for us for you and for me in all your mess and failure in all my mess and failure and if you've ever felt like peter you're just sitting there surrounded by your own ruins Surrounded by your own rubble, the the mess that you've made, the mistakes that have happened. And you sit there with your pile of rubble. And you begin to get overwhelmed with shame and self-pity. Nobody loves me. Nobody wanted me anyway. I knew I would never be any good. I knew this would happen one day. I knew I'd never make the cut. They'll go on without me. No one will care. And the mountain of rubble and mess just rises around us. Jesus comes back for people like that. And when you are about to write yourself off, the risen Jesus rocks up to write you back in. Thank you. It's a perfect moment, Jane. Right on cue. So what's the mess? What's the muddle? What's the cry of your heart? I need a new start. I need a new beginning. Would you welcome Jesus as he comes back to you this morning? You see, he loves you more than you love yourself. You probably wouldn't come back for yourself. You'd probably write yourself off. But he comes back. And notice where he has the meeting. He could have had the meeting in all kinds of places. It could have been a premier inn. It could have been a local coffee shop, wherever. Jesus chooses a charcoal fire. When was the last time Peter was by a charcoal fire? When was the last time the smell of the fire had stenched his clothes and gone up into his nostrils? That smell. Where was Peter taken back to? As he got out of the boat and smelt the burning charcoal. If you ever want to find a new start. You need to allow Jesus to confront you with your reality. Now that's a bit of a shock. It's a bit of a surprise given the sort of vein that we're we're in. I I want to get away from my reality. Not look at it. Not confront it. And, And so it surprises us that for Jesus, love... Loving Peter involved helping him face the truth of where he was. We might think, why doesn't Jesus just gloss over it? Oh, never mind Peter, it's all all alright, it all turned out okay in the end. Let's not worry about it anymore. No, that's what we do in our churches. We hurt like hell and go, oh, it doesn't really matter. No, I'm fine really. Because we talk about love And we talk about issues. And I say, I'm not going to deal with these issues because I love you. I'm not going to talk about the truth because I want to keep you happy. And we do that in all kinds of relationships. We do that in all kinds of groups, all kinds of communities, all kinds of families. And in our culture, we separate love and dealing with stuff. And a little bit of advice for Jonathan and Francis, and you lot can listen in as well. Every time you don't deal with the stuff, a little brick comes between you. You don't see it, but it's there. And sometimes people wake up one morning and think, Flippin' heck, I don't love him. I don't love her. You think, where did that come from? Imperceptibly, the wall one day got so high, you can no longer reach over it. Jesus is a good enough friend. To face us with our reality, our truth. You see, what would have happened to Peter if Jesus had just moved on, just ignored it, made light of it, glossed over it? Peter would have always harbored shame. Because it wouldn't be dealt with. Peter would have always felt guilty. Peter would have always felt weak and vulnerable, because there it was, that stuff, those bricks somehow between him and Jesus. So Jesus lights a fire and says, Peter, we're going to deal with this today. What remains in the dark will always be used by the enemy. Good discipleship brings into the light the reality of where we are. Not to leave us there, but to transform us there. So Peter's led back to the reality. He's forced to look at what he's tried to avoid. He's forced to think about what he's longed to forget. Don't think for a moment that Jesus is loving him any less in those minutes. As the smoke from the fire engulfs him, so does the memory, the reality, the shame. His mess is bigger and higher than he's ever known it as he looks into the eyes of Jesus. Discipleship, class one. invitation. Jesus says, "I'm coming back for you. I'm here for you. Challenge. We're going to sort this out. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. And there are themes that run right through the Bible: the themes of our relationship with God and our responsibility for God. God invites us into relationship, and so we become children. Of a father whose fatherhood fills heaven and earth and because we're part of the father's family we go about the father's business we take responsibility for the father's family because we've been invited to be children sons and daughters prince and princesses of the king into relationship we go about the responsibility of living out and extending the king's kingdom Relationship, responsibility But you have to have If you're going to sort out your mess If you're going to have a new start You have to go with relationship first All the way through the Bible Relationship first, then responsibility The biggest mistake people make I'm going to sort out my mess By trying to take responsibility It would be like Peter saying Don't worry Jesus, I'm going to try harder next time He wouldn't have dealt with his guilt and his shame Don't worry Jesus, I'll never do that again And Jesus would have gone, oh yeah Oh yeah So we rush to responsibility and misrelate, and Jesus forces the relationship point. It's almost painful. We almost wish Jesus wouldn't do it. But to find a new start, you have to hear the invitation to relationship, to love Him afresh. Do you love me? Forget about anything else for a moment. Do, Do you love me? This is a matter, a question, first and foremost of the heart. He goes back to the old name Simon instead of Peter because our relationship with God is directly related to our identity. And Jesus is saying, Simon, are you going to stay Simon or are you going to become Peter again? Are you going to stay with this distance or are you going to come back? Do you love me? Do you love me? Jesus is rekindling the heart connection. He's reestablishing the relationship. Three times failed, three times to be restored. He's giving Peter the openness, the welcome. And in the end, Peter gets really annoyed like we might. Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. What's happening there? Peter is getting in touch with what's really true for him. His heart's being revealed. And at the core of Peter's heart, he loved Jesus. You say, well, if he loved Jesus, why did he deny him? Hello? Do you love Jesus? Yeah? Do you ever deny him? Suddenly Peter says, yes, I do love you. You know all things. Stop this. This is hurting me as my heart is revealed. We might have expected Jesus to say, Peter, this is what you need to do. You need to go back to the synagogue. You need to read a few more books. You need to do this. You need to attend the prayer meeting every other week. God says, I want your heart. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Maybe it feels like your love for God has got lost under a heap of failure. It's time for you to hear him say, do you love me? And you go, yes, I do love you. I do belong to you. I am yours. You are mine. And it's here at the heart level that freedom is found. Don't think for a moment you can find freedom by doing stuff and taking responsibility because you never will. And the final step here in finding a new start is this. Accept he believes. You can do it. See, Peter lost the relationship. And because he lost the relationship, he lost all sense of hope he could ever be the rock. He he thought that he could be Jesus' man, but he hadn't been. And now he thought perhaps he'll never be. Anyone ever thought like that? Anyone ever failed and thought, I'm never going to do this? This is never going to be me. But the risen Jesus comes back to Peter of all the disciples and says, I believe in you. You can still do it, even though you failed. You can still do it, even though you've messed up. You can still do it, even though it's gone wrong. Why? Because you love me. Because you love me. A matter of the heart. Being a shepherd, shepherd imagery, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. Run out of the Old Testament, a metaphor of leadership. Peter had been given a role of leadership in the church. And Jesus is saying, you can do that. Because failure does not stop you from being part of God's story. Yes. Otherwise, none of you would be here. I wouldn't be here either. Failure does not stop you being part of God's story. I believe in you, says Jesus. You can do it, you will do it. In fact, you will do it, and it will cost you your life. And the Peter, because he got healed up, because he found freedom, because he went back to the charcoal fire, one day would claim the name of his Lord and be crucified. Please crucify me upside down. I'm not worthy. To be crucified like Jesus you can do it except he believes you can do it where's that new start that you need today have you lost hope then know the risen Jesus comes back for you have you been running not willing to look he'll invite you to take a close look At where you are. But you need that. You need that. And you will discover that you love him and he loves you. And you can do it. You're writing yourself off just now. But his plan is to write you back in to the center of his story. It's an amazing, amazing thing. Let's stand. Father, I want to pray for everybody this morning that's lost hope. Everyone who thinks the mess is too much. They'll never be free from the muddle. They'll never escape the pain. They'll never find a way out of the shame. People that know that their relationship has gone belly up. People that know that their responsibility is lying in ruins. I want you to know the risen Jesus comes back for you now. Even now, He comes into this place for you. Because whatever you believe about yourself, He's taken all that rubbish and failure and laid it on the cross. He believes in you. He believes you can still do all that He's called you to do. As you go back to your first love. And as you open your heart up to him afresh. These are the moments for us to make our response.